There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors, Strahada Dundalk and Cavan. Our service departments are open with all HSC and government guidelines in place to keep you and our staff safe. Sales are click and deliver only through our website, blackstonemotors.ie. Stay safe from Blackstone Motors. You're very welcome to Midweek Late Lunch on LMFM Radio. Lots of chat and guests to meet over the next couple of hours. We'll be meeting another frontline worker, somebody who is right in there dealing with COVID every day of the week. That's coming up on the show after three o'clock this afternoon. We have a woman who's into her vintage clothing and some wonderful vintage stuff to talk about. Carmel Crawford is with us a little later. We have a young man from Kells. His name is Carl McGovern and he's part of a TY group who've come up with a nifty business idea. And Connor Curley, you know Connor well, Entrepreneur of the Year. We met him a few years back on Late Launch. He's Dr. Connor Curley and he's developed uh, Phytofix and it's a really great product and it's going wonderful for him. But Connor's a young man and he's a fellow who... Uh, subdued was subdued with covid in recent days and he's going to talk to us on the show after too so if you think it's a uh, of a more senior age yes you are more vulnerable the uh, more you age to covid but connor's not uh, of an age he's a young fella and he's going to tell us how it's been for him in recent times if you want to get in touch with us on the show don't forget the numbers 086-1800-658 that's whatsapp or text number that's the number there or you want to call in it's 1850-715-958 now, COVID, of course, is dominating uh, the world since March last year. But here in Ireland, there is only one story in town today, and it is the publication of that report yesterday into the mother and baby homes. And I'm going to talk in a few moments to a local woman who was born in one of those homes. But before that, I want to go back to Michael Reed's show this morning because Alison O'Reilly, who's from the Northeast, she's a journalist and author, she broke the Tune Babies story which began this whole process a few years back and here she is in conversation with Michael earlier today. Well they really should be asking these people for their forgiveness Michael I think really because at the end of the day the state did not do their job and allowed 9,000 children to die and this story began with 796 babies buried in a septic tank in the west of Ireland. It's now 2021 and I did that story in 2014 and today I can tell you, we've still no further to excavate in that grave, yep. still no further to finding those children. But from tomb, we now know that there's mass graves all over Ireland. Mm. 9,000 children are missing and we're still where we were when we began in 2014. Mm. 
Shocking, isn't it? Just to contemplate those words there. I, I believe there is a commitment to excavate um, tomb that that was spoken about uh, certainly yesterday. Uh, but a lot of dissatisfaction still uh, following on from the publication of the report. There will be a fulsome apology today by the Taoiseach uh, to all concerned. But yes, the publication of that report yesterday must have been extremely difficult for all of those who gave birth, were born and have lived with the consequences ever since. And my first guest today was born in the Castle Pollard mother and baby home where she remained with her mother, Bridget, until she was three. Kathleen Chute's story is one of thousands and she's with us today to tell it again. Afternoon, Kathleen. Hiya, Jerry. How are you? I'm good, but yesterday, how was yesterday for you? Yesterday was tough. It was um, was a day I tried to avoid. I tried to pull myself away from it to detach. Um, from all the stories and the stuff because I kind of felt I didn't belong in it because I feel lucky, you know. Mm. Listen to the horror stories of some of those women and families and people who have left and people who have been forgotten and, you know. And then somewhere in me last, yesterday evening, it was just, I felt, no, I was pulled in. I was, you know, I felt, you know, I was there. I was in Castle Pollock for three years, my first three years of my life with my mother. But she, she had to stay for another three years. That was six for her, you know. And, um, yeah, it was just, it was unreal. It was, yeah, but it has been, has been, you know, this has been going on in me for a long time, you know. And for years, mm. I just I just didn't want to know. I didn't, I, I didn't know, actually, know anything about my mother. I didn't know her name. It's only 10 years ago this year that I found her name and I found my name. Mm. And it's not knowing your name that was the big thing for me. I didn't know my name. Let's go back to just Castle Pollard because you remained with your mother, whose name was Bridget, until you were three. I take it you would have no recollection. Who does of those early years? Or, or, you know, when you were adopted, I I think you were adopted at three years of age by your adoptive family. Yes, I was adopted at three. No, I have no recollection. All I can remember is a hand, holding a hand. And I can see shiny floors every so often. Like wooden floors. Uh, yeah, and I don't. I've no bad memories. I've no good memories uh, of it at all. Just that's, that's what I was, and uh, yeah. And then I was adopted to Mahatoon and uh, to McCabe family when I was three, and uh, yeah. And you had a very good life with the McCabe family. Not they a bad life. It was a good life. Yeah, it was. It was. Yeah. It was a lovely area to go up in. You know, there was there was a wee small farm. There wasn't much of anything, but there was enough. You know. And mm. um, yeah, you, you learn to appreciate life, and you learn to appreciate everything that was nature and everything we farm and the animals and how life went yeah. on. Yeah. But you never knew, Kathleen. You never knew that you were adopted until what was it when you were in primary school? And it wasn't you weren't told by the McCabe family. Oh well, you know, I, I did know I was adopted. I knew, did but you? I didn't know what it was. I remember my mother yes. used to say when she would be in town in Carrick, she'd say. This is the wee girl I adopted. Oh, and what? I hated that because I didn't. I didn't know what it, actually know what it meant at the time, but I knew it wasn't. It wasn't. I wasn't. It was something different, and I didn't know. It was only when I was about eleven at school. One of the girls said to me, ten or eleven. She said, "Is your mother and father dead?" She said to me. I said, "Not at all. They're at home in the kitchen." You know, and she said, "Well, why are you adopted then?" And that's the day I discovered what adoption meant. That mm. my parents were gone, that I didn't have parents, that they weren't my real parents. 
But I never went, I didn't go home. I didn't say anything when I went home. I never mentioned it. I just kept it to myself. And you kept this within, suppressed for years and years. Yeah, and I, I, I held it, and I held it as shame for years. And I was like, I don't know why, but oh God, I felt, yeah, I couldn't. Never talked about it. Didn't nobody. A lot of my friends didn't know, like the ones I went to school, secondary school, but the local people would have known Marrakoon. They'd have known, all right. But I didn't. Just never came up for me. I didn't talk about it. And you when, I got felt you... when I was getting married, looking for my birth shirt, that I got mm. the birth shirt, and on the birth shirt it was place of birth, and Ireland had said, and I thought any bloody field, you know, I had no. There was no home. There was no nothing. There was nothing registered, you know. And my adopted parents were the parents on the thing, on the birth there, you know. And it really, God, that's when it hurt. And then when I so had my get, kids, I didn't. Yeah, you, then it really got, you know. So you got married. Uh, you, you you never spoke to your husband about this. You never raised this. You, you had your first child when nineteen seventy. What year was it? You had your first child. Yeah, seventy seven. You know that moment when that child is born. There must have been thoughts in your mind thinking. Oh my god! Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was. Um, it was a big homecoming for me. Like this is my first relation, the first blood relation I had. I never had any relatives. You see, I didn't know anyone that was related to me. And Kelly was my first relative, hmm. you know, my daughter. And, that was and yet you still didn't, you still didn't talk about this at all. You're carrying this with you all the time and, and the joy you must have felt, when, as you said, when Kelly was born there. And that continued. When did you first, um, you know, talk to anybody about this? Was it the time you met the doctor in Carrick? No, I think I was, I was, um, I must have been uh, 28, 29, I think. My, I think my fourth child, Sarah, was born then, and it was just kind of... I, I rang Bernardo, so I, I wrote to them, I think, actually. I discovered Bernardo's might have answered, and I asked, I rang to talk about my mother's name and what I was entitled to and all that, and they sent me a letter back in a couple of weeks, and they said to me that my mother was dead. It was a very cold, callous letter. There was nothing in it, you know, nothing, the most, nothing, really, that would connect you with any kind of sensitivity. And uh, I, I just had it for a while and then I showed it to my husband and he was very disappointed with me for, uh, with my late husband. He was very disappointed because my mother, my birth, my adopted mother was still alive and he thought it was an awful offence to her to be looking for, you know, the woman that reared me and all that and what, that wasn't much gratitude and all this. And uh, that was it. So I put that away for another file then, you know, because I had no, I had no um, support at all. You know, mm. I had no one to talk to about it, you know. So Barnardo's was the first time you made an inquiry. You wrote to them and yeah. you were really rebuked by them. You didn't get anything back from them. And at that stage, your husband knew. That's interesting to hear what his feeling was about, you know, your your adopted mother and you in search of, of your real mother. But you did, didn't you speak to Dr. Peter Morn in Carroll? Oh, yeah. I mean, I went to Dr. Morn. Yeah, I was in with Dr. Morn. Peter Morn was the doctor at the time there. His mother, Aileen, was the doctor. And then he took over for a while. And he was amazing. Like he held me there, let me sit there for an hour and talked and cried and talked and cried. And he was so supportive. He was the only one at the time that I could talk to. And uh, yeah, it was great. It was fantastic. It was the only person. Yeah. I always yeah. feel so grateful to him for that. Yeah. 
Mm. So that was the first time you really could open up to anybody and talk about it. When did you tell your children or why did you decide to tell your children? Uh, I think I, the younger ones, I think I told Sean or some of them first because um, they were talking about somebody who was adopted. And I remember saying, oh, God, so am I. And they looked at me and uh, nearly died. You know, they didn't, you know, they just mm. couldn't believe it. You know. Uh, uh, and then the bouncy one told the other and I told them then, you know, and just, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, one of those things. Now, let's go back to 10 years ago, approximately 10 years in in May 2011. You're still carrying this with you. You've made no progress in finding out who your mother really was. And I know you had somebody, you had a social worker in Drogheda working for you as well, and that didn't lead anywhere. But 10 years ago, tell me the story uh, or tell our listeners, May 2011, what happened? It was actually during 2011, um Oh, May, sorry, May 2011 was the beginning of it. Yeah, you're right. Um, I was uh, planning to, how was it? Um, oh, yeah, I was going with a friend of mine to um, a workshop in Carlingford. It was, there was a priest doing it, uh, a workshop on would you believe or who are you? We're looking to heal the past. You know, this was a workshop on healing your past. Mm. And Father Jim Cogley was his name, I think. Yeah, he wrote a couple of books on Would You Believe? And I thought this would be great healing for my friend because he was very uh, holding on to stuff. He couldn't let go of stuff, you know. And I thought, well, God, this would be great. Maybe you just, you know, release it. Anyway, we went and I was sitting there anyway and holding myself back. It was like avoiding a camera. I was holding myself back so the healing would go to him, you know. Mm. But anyway, we got home that evening. I got home that evening anyway, and uh, I was completely and utterly drained. I was so exhausted, you wouldn't believe. It was like everything about me was jelly. And I couldn't figure out what happened to me like, you know, Jesus. You know, but anyway, I went to bed the next morning, got up grand, and my friend rang to see that I want lunch, but I want to go for lunch, and like that. And I said, yeah, okay. And he mentioned something about what to wear or something anyway that was very casual. And, uh, I I got kind of aggressive because I I couldn't understand it because I don't sweat the small stuff. I don't give a damn, but people can say what they like. Anyway, uh, I said, like, are you ashamed of me or something? And it was that, when I said that word shame, I realized this was mine. This was my stuff. This wasn't anyone else's. And I remember saying, look, this is my stuff. Don't worry, you know, because it's not anything you said. And I couldn't stop crying. I cried and I cried and cried. I went into the car and I cried the whole way and I cried then the whole way into the dinner. And uh, he said, like, so like, what, what is it? Adoption fell out. It was like it fell out on the place. It fell out on top of, out of me, the word adoption. And instead of going to where we were, wherever we were supposed to go, we ended up going to James, my late husband's grave. And it was like, cause he, it was like he was helping me then from then on. It was like the whole thing came with me. Everything, every support that was there came with me. Energy from everywhere. But I felt really, you know, it was that. That day, that started it for me. And then a week or so later, I headed off to Monaghan down to um, the register to see could I find anything. And I only had to see my date of birth. I didn't have anything else. And I didn't even know if that was right. But anyway, the registry office was shut. So I ended up going in to see the bishop. I didn't even know it was the bishop's house at the time, into his house, and he gave me, a wee, he drew out a wee map of where the parish centre was. 
and went to the power centre and there was a big book. Big, big book. My God, the size of it. But my name wasn't in it. And I, I'll never forget the devastation. I felt, I was standing there for a few minutes and I, maybe it was only seconds, but it felt like a lifetime. And I, was, I felt nothing. Time had stopped and I felt, God, nothing. It was just, the blindness was unreal. And then the girl said something. She said, Kathleen, have another book. And the hospital register, she found my name. She found it. And it was like my name was in big print. And uh, I thought, and i seen my mother and father from adopted parents' names, Marathon, and I thought, oh, shall I know that? You know, when I passed our marks, and I said nothing. But then the page went to the left, and I could see Croft off Shanton, and I thought, jeez, my heart lifts. I could feel it, it, it leaping out of me. And there was Bridget McCudden. And I thought, no way, that's not my mother's name, is it? You know? And that, that's what I got. I got her name that day, and I got mine. Mm. You know, and, and uh, I came up that road, and I, I don't know how I drove that car, because the tears were tripping me. And I came home, and I remember I, I, I copied it about 10 or 15 times. I have them everywhere, that doctor concert. I'm never going to lose it. You know, so, uh, yeah, it was something else. You know, and then a few weeks later, I, I, I got her death cert. And I was, that's when I discovered that um, she lived in Dublin the last few years of her life. She lived in Dub- in, in Fitzroy Avenue. And when I was eight, 16 to 18, I lived in Cahill, I worked, I was studying in Cahill, State, and I lived in Mount Jai Square in a hospital. And that was exactly 10 minutes away from where she was for two years and I didn't know it. And we never met. Oh. And I knew when I was 10 as well, I knew I was from Monaghan and I knew they were close. I could feel it one day in me. Because I remember the social walk on me telling her, only look in Monaghan, you don't go any further. That's where I'm from. And I found her in Shantana, crossed off Shantana. And my dad was across the field. That's where he was from, from her house. And now they're buried in Lohagish. She's there, and there's a grave between the two of them. And I never met either of them. But I met lovely people, of families and cousins, and, you know, just amazing people. Yeah. So you found her, and the the, the pain of knowing that you were within minutes of where she lived oh. when you were both in Dublin. And she died. What age was she when she died? She was 49. And you were her only child? Yeah. But you've reconnected with cousins and her family. Her family. I met her best friend, Maggie Sheridan, down there. Maggie's still there. Oh, my God. You know, I remember walking into Maggie's house and saying to Maggie, did because somebody told me that I'd have known Maggie knew her well. They were friends. And uh, Maggie nearly died when she seen me. She just cried. She said, I knew you'd come someday. You know, and uh, Maggie made a cup, she made a cup of tea for Maggie the night before she went away. And Maggie never knew she was going until she was she was long gone. And uh, it was only a long time after she heard that she had a baby. Mm. And it was ironic. So she didn't know. She did not know. She did not. Nobody knew uh, no. these girls were sent away to these homes and... Oh, my God. I, I'll just uh, just to let you know, uh, Kathleen, Michal Martin has just risen to his feet and apologised on behalf of the state. I'll just tell you what he said for the profound generational wrong visited on Irish mothers and their children who ended up in mother and baby homes or county homes. He also apologised 
for the shame and stigma they were subjected to. And he went on to say, I want to emphasize that each of you were in an institution because of the wrongs of others. Each of you did nothing wrong and deserve so much better. And he finished by saying the state failed you mothers and children in these homes. That's just part of uh, his speech that he's making there. What do you make of that? Well, thank God, at least it's acknowledged. Mm. You know, there's something, because it will help somebody. It will help. Like, I mean, I just, all day, yes, I'm thinking about this apology, like what? It's meaningless words, but it's it's acknowledgement, you know, that it happened that it was allowed to happen, that the state allowed it to happen, and the church, and what really hurts me and what really pains me most, the nuns, like, how cruel could it be, women to women? I mean, I can't understand that. I can't I can't fathom it at all. Because all my life I've met the loveliest nuns in the continent of Carrick and in, in the hostel in Dublin, where I was run by nuns. But the nicest people, the kindest people. And yet those people there, what they did to those women, and those young children and neglect and cruelty and starvation and oh and you know the same crap is going on still in, in different areas of life you know mm. you see there are really bad eggs across life in places and the ones that were bad were really horrific Kathleen and how the holes were bad together where did how did mm. they possibly have you couldn't gather them up if you tried no it was poison no. and venom that was in it you know really you, you said there about the shame. You carried shame with it, Kathleen. Mm. I did. I, I, it was that day when I mentioned that shame that I released it. I owned it. Because I carried yeah. that for years, like, um, I, and I wasn't entitled then. And I, was, I felt obliged that I was obligated to my family to be because you know, people say, oh, weren't you very lucky to be adopted? Weren't you rare, great, and all that? And I always felt obliged. I felt, you know, I couldn't do anything. I had to stay around. I had to do this. I had to do that. I felt, yeah, obligated all the time. And it was because of that that, that took me in, derailed me. And, and it was great. Like, I'm not knocking, you know. Yeah. I wouldn't change anything in my life. I have no desire to change anything or any wish for that. But um, I'm grateful for everything in my life. And thank God. I have a lovely family and grandchildren and I couldn't, I wouldn't swap any of that. But um, it was just that shame. I carried that. And I'm so glad I owned it now that I'm not passing that on because you pass this stuff on to your family and intergenerational. So, uh, yeah, it's owning it, I think, that, that healed it for me, you know. Mm. You don't feel anger. You, you say you don't regret anything. You've no anger and you know. Feelings like that towards? Uh, no, I'm not. I'm not angry for me because I'm. I'm. I'm lucky, and I'm so grateful to Bridget for bringing me into the world. And what I'd, I'd love to have had the opportunity of heard her story. You know, she she has been amazing. She, you know, only for her, I wouldn't have life. And it was like I was meant to be for some reason, and I'm not going to let her go because of this. You know, I mean, she deserves the credit and I her name is going to be there and I'm glad I put her into my book and uh, I couldn't believe I found her. Like, I can't, even though I didn't meet her, I feel I know her, you know. Yeah. I can go to her grave and I can go to Charlie's grave and I can talk to the two of them and say hello to them and send them flowers or just to trust the family now, you know. Mm. Yeah. 
it was closure for you in a, in, in, a, in an amazing way and the way it happened those 10 years ago when it inadvertently that healing came to you rather than somebody else it's 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 a wonderful wonderful story it really is well look Kathleen I thank you for joining me again today on this difficult day yesterday was difficult and of course we're going to hear more about this as the days go on it'll be analyzed further and there's a lot more to come there certainly is but you're a great one you really are in, in what you've you know, the way you've moved on and the way you look on this at this stage and uh, your gratitude is amazing, Kathleen. It really is. I wish you well and it's great to talk to you again. I really appreciate it, Kathleen. Thanks, Gary. And I just want to wish everyone the best and send them all blessings, everyone concerned with this today and all from now on. Okay. Thanks a million, Jerry. Thanks, Kathleen. Take care of yourself. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. That's the wonderful Kathleen Chute there relaying her story to us. Yes. Let's have a song on Late Lunch. It's Trisha Yearwood from 1997. Big hit for her, How Do I Live? Trisha Yearwood, How Do I Live? My God, so many people have had to live with the shame, as we heard about, and the keeping it to themselves who were born and gave birth in those mother and baby homes. And if you're affected uh, by anything we were talking about a few moments ago there... I have the number for you here for Louth Mead, Cavan and Monaghan. The number to call if you're affected by anything uh, you heard in our conversation with Kathleen Chute. It's 1800-234-117. That's 1-800-234-117. Late lunch, LMFM radio, news and weather on the way. Did I mention that the other day to you about the uh, Percy Pig Suites? I'm sure a lot of listeners today are familiar with them. M&S do them. They're very popular with children. They really are. I was looking there just before Christmas. They're big jars of them now. Uh, but the Percy Pig Suites, they're in bother because of Brexit. It seems that uh, you're going to be paying more for them because they're made in Germany. They go to the UK, then they have to come here. And I think there's going to be an, in- an increase in taxation on them. So there you have it. So if you're a Percy Pig Sweet fan, you're going to be paying more for them uh, in the coming months and years. If you want to get in touch with us on the show, 086-1800-658 is the WhatsApp or text number. If you want to say anything to us today, or you can call in on 1850-715-958. My next guest will choke me for mentioning Percy Pig Sweets because he is the epitome of health. He is the founder of Fighter Fix, Young Entrepreneur of the Year in his day, and he's with me on Late Lunch again today. Dr. Connor Curley, welcome back. Hiya, Jerry. How are you? I'm good. I t- have you ever tasted a Percy pig in your life? Be honest now. <laughs> I actually haven't. I'm not even sure <laughs> what they are, but uh, I'm not sure if you've, you've sold me on the description. <laughs> I'll leave it with you. We'll move on. Well, listen, Connor, I'll tell you, I want to talk to you anyway about uh, Fight to Fix and how it's going. But before all that, I spotted you posting a wee video uh, in recent days uh, telling people that you had COVID-19 and uh, you were stark in the message you sent to people. You're a young fella. You're reasonably fit. Connor, were you surprised? Or did this come out of the blue? Yeah, absolutely. So um, I guess, um, you know, as you say, I am a young man, <laughs> young enough, I think. Uh, I'm, I'm healthy, I'm fit, um, and I thought I would have been in a low-risk category. Um, also, I followed all public health guidelines. You know, I didn't meet anybody over Christmas. I came uh, from my apartment, I came home to my home house, uh, stayed with my mum and dad and my two sisters over Christmas, and that was it. You know, I didn't meet any friends, didn't meet any family. And, uh, you know, followed all guidelines, you know, masking up when I was in shops and so on. 
Um, so I thought I was doing everything and uh, still ended up on the 28th of, October, of December uh, losing my taste, um, which uh, if anybody knows me, I love my grub. And that was a bit of a red flag. So um, that night I got an antigen test. My sister is an occupational therapist. She owns a small business in Dundalk um, and she had testing kits for her staff. So she tested me down then and it came back positive. Uh, however, it wasn't the gold standard test. So uh, I immediately rang the GP the next morning who referred me for a test. And then I got tested at the testing centre in RD and sure enough came back positive. Um, all the while I, I had been self-isolating but yeah it absolutely was a little bit of a shock um, also a shock that I uh, was diagnosed and neither of my sisters or parents uh, tested positive even though we'd been co- close contact for uh, a number of days over Christmas so I guess um, to me what's, what's kind of scary about COVID is uh, well many things but uh, you know I've no idea why I picked it up and I've no idea, you know, how I got it and my, and my family didn't. And uh, I think that is uh, quite scary. There's a real warning there for everybody. And I think the message uh, that has been out and about for quite some time, I'll say it again, you, you better treat it that you could have it if you're listening today or anybody could have it that you might come into contact with. Now, we should be keeping the contacts absolutely to a minimum. But if you have that in your mind, that is a good mindset to have. You lost your taste and, and, and smell as well. Did the sense of smell go? Yeah, absolutely. Both went. I suppose the, the smell wasn't so noticeable. Um, sometimes around this time of year, I got a little bit nasally. I've got allergic asthma. Um, and, you know, I didn't think that was a big deal, that I couldn't really smell, you know, the, the Christmas smells in the house. But I remember uh, very well, my dad made a little bit of a curry. Uh, you know, we were sick of uh, <laughs> the, the meat and two veg or whatever. Um, <laughs> over Christmas, the turkey and the Brussels sprouts. Um, but my dad made a spicy curry. I saw what he put in and I was looking forward to tasting a little bit of spice. And I could taste literally nothing. Um, and, you know, it's a very strange sensation, that, you know, to have food in your mouth, warm food. You can feel the textures that are familiar, but you literally cannot taste a thing. Yeah. It's a, it's a very, very strange experience, but it is a telltale sign. So you isolated. Had you any other symptoms or, or was that it? That was it, uh, thankfully. So I isolated as soon as I got the symptoms. So I didn't wait for my test. I didn't wait for my results. I isolated immediately, um, which, you know, is definitely the right thing to do for anybody who's listening. Um, and that means that I limited the, the, the possibility of me spreading it to anybody else. Um, which is really important too. So I'd say, thankfully, no, I didn't get any symptoms. I wasn't, I didn't have any symptoms at all in terms of cough or fever or or uh, lack of energy, anything like that. And as I say, I count myself extremely lucky. Um, but you know, a lot of things are in my favour. I say I'm young, I'm healthy, I'm fit. But one thing I should point out to your listeners uh, is that I do have two underlying conditions. So I have multiple sclerosis. Um, which is an autoimmune condition involving the immune system. And then, as I mentioned earlier, I also have allergic asthma, which again is an inflammatory immune condition. So, um, strangely, the asthma wasn't affected at all. I didn't have any more wheezing or shortness of breath, even though they're two um, kind of telltale signs of COVID. And then um, I think, uh, you know, my, my GP was worried that the MS could act up, and thankfully, again, it hasn't. But as I say, I have a, a lot of things in my favour. 
Now, you have developed ImmuneFix, one of many products we expect in the years to come in the Phytofix table. Uh, I take it you take that each day. And when you look at the vitamins in it, uh, uh, you know, B12, C, D3, D, I I focus on in a moment, magnesium, selenium and zinc, antioxidants and flavonoids all combined in, in this. I take it you take it every day. And would you say that? may have been something that enabled you battle it, that the symptoms didn't develop perhaps uh, more acutely. Yeah, so I mean, it's very interesting. So yeah, I take uh, immune fix every day, but would you believe, Jerry, that when I came home from uh, my apartment, which is in, in Ashburn in County Mead, um, I actually forgot to bring my own jar. Oh. Instead, of sharing, instead of sharing a jar with my mum or dad and then, you know, cross-contamination with spoons or whatever, I said, no, it's fine. I'll get mine when I go back to Ashburn just after Christmas. So I actually wasn't taking it for, for several days. And then, as I'm sure, you know, all of your listeners can empathize with, you know, there was a few more beers, there was a few more desserts, there was a few more uh, large dinners, etc., etc. And the, the routine was completely out of whack, um, which, you know, even though I am a doctor of nutrition, I, I do agree that, uh, you know, it's, it's fine to let your hair down. But um, it's, it's kind of interesting that my entire family did not get covid um, and yeah. they were uh, they were taking immune fix where I I was not even though I designed it and formulated it, and um, but you know I would never say that our product uh, helps prevent or cure any any disease, but uh, it certainly helps support the immune system. And I think you mentioned some of the nutrients there, um, and there is there is strong evidence coming out for things like vitamin C, vitamin D, selenium, magnesium, and flavonoids, but specifically regarding uh, immune function and COVID nineteen actually. So, um, yeah. Yeah, it's uh, it's definitely interesting, but I, I'm happy to report I'm back on the immune fix and uh, I'm feeling fantastic. Good man, and you're back working as well, and uh, you're over the hump. Um, and in, another thing I wanted to say to you, I just uh, remembered you lived in Washington, didn't you? I I, I, I right. say you followed with interest what happened on the Capitol uh, um, last week. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, just a crazy start to 2021. You know, after the craziness of 2020, we all thought. Uh, 2021 was going to be much more normal and then restart with a bang. But, uh, I mean, you know, it's just so sad to see. I, I, I used to play Gaelic football, uh, you know, just up in the capital outside the Washington Monument. It's a, it's an absolutely fabulous city. And just so uh, so sad to see the capital being stormed like that. Um, you know, I've been in that building many times and it's a really historic, really impressive building. And uh, to see it being uh, completely, uh, you know, overrun by... Um, by people who who just are very opinionated is just uh, was just so sad and so shocking to see. I guess America is is quite a divided country at the moment, but not to say that you know other countries, including Ireland, are, are necessarily uh, fully united uh, either. So um, you know, especially in these times, I would uh, I would hope that we can all be a little bit more patient, a little bit more forgiving of each other, and um, you know, not necessarily driving home our differences all the time. Well said, Connor. Uh, fine words. Now, fight a fix. Uh, the work continues into 2021. Pandemic or no pandemic. And hopefully as the year moves on and vaccines um, get out there into the community, we'll get back to a normality. Um, are the products in the planning or concentrating just on the immune fix at the moment? Yeah, so right now uh, we definitely have a focus on immune fix. So as you know, Jerry, we launched in October. Uh, and actually, our website got delayed for a month. We didn't. Our website didn't launch until November. Uh, so we're really we celebrated our third month anniversary yesterday, and actually oh, our second month anniversary of our website. Uh, and so far, we've exported to twelve countries. 
and our sales throughout Ireland are quite strong, um, which is great for such a new a new product, a new company. Uh, we also won the Irish Quality Food and Drink Awards, uh, which is phenomenal because we're in the same category as the likes of Lidl. Uh, so we won that in early December. So things are going going well, um, but you know, uh, it's a it's a strange time to be involved in in a, in a new company. You know, for all the reasons uh, that we mentioned with COVID, but also uh, Brexit uh, really throws up a few issues as well. Um, so right now, uh, what I would just like to mention to your listeners is we do have a discount. You know, to, to say goodbye to, to 2020, we have a 20% discount. Uh, and anybody can avail of that discount um, for the whole month of January. And uh, they can avail of it just by contacting me, checking us out on social media, or there's a discount code for our website. And it's simply goodbye20. So goodbye twenty, all one word. Um, we'll get you a twenty percent discount on all of our uh, all of our range. Um, and you were asking, uh, yep. So in the future, we definitely are going to be branching out into additional products. And some of the areas we're quite interested in at the moment are inflammation. As I say, I myself have two inflammatory immune disorders. So our first product is in, in immunity. Our second product will be for inflammation, and that will be appropriate for uh, anybody with an uh, inflammatory disease like arthritis. Um, but also for the likes of rugby players, uh, anybody who's experienced uh, inflammation in general. Um, <clears throat> we're also interested in the product for eye health, um, simply because a lot of us spend a lot of time on computers, especially in these days when um, you know the face-to-face contact is minimised and maybe we're spending more time on, on Zoom or, or on the laptop or tablet. Yeah. Um, and eye health is so important. And um, I, w- I won't get into the whole detail, but there's actually some pigments in your eye which are uh, protected 100% by uh, pigments derived completely from diet. And the problem then is if we don't get them from diet, then the eye is very, uh, very vulnerable. So okay. um, there's a whole story. So lots, that, lots yeah. going on. Yeah, lots going on lots and more new on. products on the way, which is great to hear. Well, look, at we wish you well. Uh, thank God you're over the COVID. Keep safe and well and good luck to you. And I'll mention it again. Phytofix.ie. That's P-H-Y. T-A-F-I-X dot I-E and goodbye 20 and Connor will look after you there for sure. Nice to talk to you. We'll be in touch through the year, Connor. Absolutely, Jerry. I might just give my phone number as well if that's okay. Yes, shout there. Go. So it's 083-145-8796 and anybody can call or text me anytime uh, with any questions or with any details that they would like. Connor, take care. Nice to talk to you. Thanks a million, Jerry. Take care now. Bye-bye. That's Connor Curley there. Great guy from Fitofix. Young fella. Covid doesn't know where he got it. Need we say any more? Late lunch, LMFM Radio. We're talking about Washington there. Uh, just see, the, they're all really getting rid of Trump, aren't they, at the moment? Yes, YouTube is the latest to suspend President, well, ex-President, it'll be this day next week, Trump's account. They're closing in for sure. Late lunch, LMFM Radio. We uh, have an established entrepreneur. We were talking to there a moment ago, Connor Kerley. We have a young lad from County Mead next. He's a transition year student, and him and his mates have come up with a nifty idea. Stay with us on Late Lunch. Newell has been in touch with us just to say, Jerry, uh, delighted to hear Connor with you on the show today. I've been taking Immune Fix since November, and I was having awful trouble with severe pains in my legs, which prevented me from walking. Started to take it, and within weeks, 
the pain was gone and I'm getting out there now exercising. I have far more energy and I'd just like to say a big thank you to Connor because this has been a lifesaver for me. Thank you indeed. That's a lovely message to get and I'm sure a great fill up for uh, Connor and a fight fix. Thank you indeed for getting in touch with us. If you want to give us a shout on the show, remind you again, the numbers for Late Lunch 086-1800-658, WhatsApp or text me or 1857-15958 if you'd like to call into the show. I got a lovely letter. I love getting letters. You know, in this age of social media, it's nice when somebody takes time to write to you. Well, my next guest is a young man and he's the MD of a company called EasyX. And it was set up by himself and his colleagues in transition year at St. Kieran's Community School in Kells. And he's on the line. I'll say hello to Carl McGovern. Carl, how are you? Hello, Jerry. How are you? I'm good. I'm great. Thanks for writing to me and with such a comprehensive letter and the little gift as well, because I want you to tell our listeners now about EasyX. Uh, Yourself and who else is involved? You better name them first. Who's with you on this Um, project? My three friends, Sean McDermott, Ocean Craig and Josh Keating. Okay, and you're the MD and they all have their roles in this mini company as well. Yeah, Sean McDermott is the product and web designer. He creates the products and the uh, website. And Ushin Craig manages all the social media. And Josh Keating, he is the financial director, so he makes he takes care of all the money and the products and the profits and all. <laughs> He's the fella I'd keep close to if I were yeah. you. That's just a, a little bit of business advice to you for today. Anyway, uh, this idea, tell our listeners how it came about or, or, or what the thought process is behind it. Right, so EasyX is a range of stickers to encourage regular exercise, such as push-ups, squats or lunges. These stickers come in a pack of seven or A7 in size and contain a prompt, an image of a character doing an exercise and a QR code, which leads to a video giving a visual representation on the proper performance of the exercise. The user places the sticker wherever they want in the home as a reminder, for example, to do some squats while waiting for the kettle to boil or do a push-up against the countertop while waiting for the stick in a chur- stick chicken to stir-fry. Sorry. <laughs> All of the exercises are simple to perform bodyweight exercises and do not require any gym equipment. So that's kind of what they are. Just to, It's for people who are working at home and they can't really get much exercise. So we kind of came up with an idea to help people get more exercise while at home because of COVID, you know? Yeah, and, you know, you're talking to one of them here today, to be honest with you, and you sent yeah. me the stickers, and I, I actually did a, a little uh, zap on the QO code to have a look at some of these, and they are very interesting. They really are. So it is uh, to get people up and active in their homes because we can become very sedentary when we're confined. I know we can go out, but especially at this time of the year, the weather's a little dodgy. It can be slippy underfoot, raining heavy or whatever. And these you can do. This is the great thing. These are all, you can do these around the house anywhere. Yeah, anywhere you can put them. Um, for example, we have one for go up the stairs. So even if they have to go up to the, to your bedroom to get some, instead of going up the stairs once, you can go up and down it three times, you know, just to get the extra exercise in. Uh, just like that, you know. Yeah, and uh, the push-ups you can do. I just see that there. That's one I looked at by leaning against, you know, any piece of furniture or table or countertop yeah. or anything like that and just do a number of them. And I suppose the idea with this is that these are placed in your line of vision and it's sort of developing a habit. Is that the thought behind yeah. it as well? It's um, it's for people to gradually build exercise into the day. That's our tagline, build it into your day. And, yeah, it's just, because people, normally people, people working at home, they might think they don't have enough time, they're too busy to do exercise. But this is only, it'll only take about 30 seconds each day. 
and it'll you can gradually build it up and build it up and keep doing more and it'll become a habit that you'll get used to. And that's that's what we're trying to do. Yeah. So you guys, I don't have to tell you, you're online learning at home from TY. All all school is at that colleges at this point in time. And I'm thinking of mums who are listening to us today. They're trying to work from home an awful lot of them. They're trying to homeschool as well. There'll still be time. Will there, Carol? Yes, to get these done, even with all oh, yeah. that busyness going on. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely. Um. Where can people, you know, uh, and, and tell me first, how has this been going, you know, since you launched? What's been the reaction of the take-up like? Are you getting orders in? Well, yeah, we are getting a few orders, but we did, we only got our product really completely finished in December. Yeah. In the December holidays, and that's when COVID came back strong. <laughs> yes. So we weren't really able to um, have a, a school set, like a day to sell our things in school. Yeah. So we, we kind of just, need to get more publicity to it so we can then get it properly selling well. Okay, and that's why you're talking to me today. So the website, folks, yeah. is easy, uh, easy, e- it's, you give the website, there's an E in there, is there? E-A-S-E, E-A-S-Y-E. Yeah, it's E-A-S-Y-E-X, stickers.com. I see it now. EasyXStickers.com. Thanks for uh, putting me right there. EasyExStickers.com. EasyExStickers.com is the website. So look, it's a fiver for this and uh, a euro for the postage. You'll send them out to people and then yeah. they put them up around the house and the, the the code on them is very important because that's where you can see the exercises and follow them. Yeah, and another thing that's really important about them is that the stickers have been endorsed by our local physiotherapist, Seamus Dagen. So he has checked all exercises and make sure that they're all safe and gives us all the, the correct um, the correct ways to do it on, on the video. It gives the instructions correctly. And, yes. so we, and we also have said to make sure that check your, to check with your doctor before completing uh, any of the exercises to make sure that you do not um, injure yeah. yourself. You boys are on the ball. You're covering the health and safety end of things as well. That's good to hear. Tell me this before we go. How are you getting on? You know, like, as you said, COVID has come back big time. You guys expected to be back at school and in the face-to-face learning. How do you feel about being off and having to go, you know, to remote learning again? Yeah, well, to be honest, I actually don't really like the remote learning. I would much prefer to be in school. I just think it's kind of difficult to... It's, it's much more difficult to try and do your work by at home by yourself and send it in to all your teachers because your internet might not be working or you might not know what to do and you can't ask your teacher. So I think it's very difficult. Hmm. Do you understand why you're out? Yeah, well, oh, yeah, I do because we, we obviously can't be in school with the amount of infection rates because it would be unsafe. Hmm. But yeah, uh, I, I understand that. It has to be done, but, you know, I don't it's really not easy. Much. Yeah, it's not yeah. easy. I understand, and you far rather the face to face. Please, God, uh, Carl, uh, it, you'll be back sooner rather than later. You know, if we all dig oh, in for so, these yeah. weeks, yeah, you'll you, you'll get back and and be able to complete the, uh, the year as well. So this is your first foray into business, and I just want to mention it again. If you want to check them out, it's easy. Exstickers.com. All the information is there. I've uh, had them, and I've been doing the scan and the Q code as well, and they are excellent. You've done a great job it's a it's a a very good concept and i I wish you well but i hope it really goes well for you guys thank you for taking our call today thank you very much jerry see you hope you have a good take care of yourself
You too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. That's Carl McGovern there, young lad from TY School. They're great, aren't they? You have to say when you just see the uh, Young Scientists exhibition past and uh, the, the quality of talent that there is among young people in the country. It's amazing. And those lads just spotted something there that may help people to become a little more active in their homes. And I tip my cap to them. They've done a good job. So this is a simple concept and I wish them well with it. What about Man United? Before we go to the break, I have to mention them today because I was just, I'll tell you this, I've had that many complaints about Oli Gunnar Saltiar, the uh, manager. And this wasn't a Manchester United fan to be got last night. They weren't available. The phones were off. They've gone silent. I wonder why. Manchester United, top of the league, clear by three points. Glory, glory, Man United. The last time they were top on this week in January, United won the league, folks. Yes, they did. And guess who they're playing the weekend? <laughs> you couldn't write it, could you? It's Man United, Liverpool the weekend and Anfield. If United win that, you'd have to say... They'll be heading into the final far along in good shape, won't they? Could they win it this year? Well, it's an open-hell race. I said that before for the league. But United, top of the pile at the moment. Watch this space. Stay with us on LMFM Radio because our next guest is a very interesting woman. She's into vintage clothing and a lot more besides. And uh, she's had a difficult year as well. And, of course, at this point in time, can't trade. But I just wonder, with vintage stuff, does time really matter <laughs> as time goes on is it better for somebody in in this area we're going to find out next when we have a chat with Carmel Crawford oh I'd say that's a Liverpool fan that sent me that message there sure it had to be it really had you wouldn't say anything like that about Manchester United only for you were a Liverpool fan all the money they spent and the first time since 2013 they were top of the league and that will only last Jerry. let me tell you for a few days Oh, the shocking bitterness, isn't there, between United and Liverpool? Oh, there really is. They don't give another an inch, as my mother used to say, yeah. They're always at one another. Anyway, they're top United at the minute. But look, knowledge that they're top. They are top. We'll see what will happen when they take on Liverpool at the weekend. That game will tell a lot for sure. Jerry, I, I just missed it there. Will you please repeat? Actually, a couple of people have been on to me about this. The name of the stuff that aided the lady who had the pains in her legs to go walking again. I was talking a little while ago. He's a great fellow from Dundalk, Dr. Connor Curley. He's the founder of Fightafix. And uh, if you check out his website, it's fightafix.ie. And I'll spell that for you. It's P-H-Y-T-A-F-I-X, Fightafix, P-H-Y-T-A-F-I-X. Dot IE and all the information is there. Uh, Jerry, congratulations to Michal Martin on his apology, but hopefully he will now ban the use of Viagra, which is a big problem, says uh, this listener. Uh, and I'm delighted. To, I know you say something else there, but I just leave those couple of words out for the moment, if you don't mind. But there's a listener uh, and you can put two and two together there why they feel Viagra should uh, be uh, banned. And uh, thank you indeed for your comments. Keep them coming to us. 86 658 by WhatsApp or text gets me on the show this afternoon. Now, my next guest is into vintage big time. She is the proprietor of two shops called Chic Marilyn and Sir de Marilyn. They're side by side in the Boyneside town of Drogheda in County Louth. And I'm delighted to say hello this afternoon to Carmel Crawford. How are you, Carmel? Hello, Jerry. I'm absolutely fine, thank you. How are you? I'm good. Welcome to the show. You're not originally from this neck of the woods. 
No, Jerry, I am, as they say, a runner in. I'm originally from Belfast and by a, a, a circuitous turn of events over the years, I came to Drogheda about 14 years ago. And I have to say, I absolutely love it. And I love the Drogheda people. Very, very nice. It's a lovely place to live. Great to hear it. Now, tell us about yourself. You, you, you trained as a restorer, an oil painting restorer. I did, Jerry. Yes, I did. Um, that was oh, that's a long time ago. Um, uh, the, I, I trained in London with the, the 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 chief restorer in Harrods, and how to do oil painting restoration. So that was a great help to me over the years because I also bought and sold oil paintings antique ones so so I'm able to do all my own restoration so that's it's very useful great and this feeds into your passion for antiquities as well where when did you open she she Marilyn I presume you you pronounce it uh, how long is it open in the town here it's open about three years Jerry about three and a half years opened in 2017 and um it's been great I must say it's it takes a little while to get established and to get people to know you, but I think I'm reasonably well enough known now. And it's uh, it's except for the for the lockdown, of course. But it's very good, and I enjoy it. And uh, like meeting the people and lots of people who are interested in antiques, and of course then the the vintage clothing as well. And so it's a bit of a passion of mine, you know. And did you get the vintage clothing shop open, or did lockdown impinge on you there? Well, I, I, I did get it open, but uh, I was supposed to open around about uh, last February or March and got all my stock in. And the next thing, of course, there was the lockdown. But that did, get, I have to say now, it did give me a bit of time to collect more goods and to get things ready. So I opened then, I suppose, seriously in, in the middle of the year. And then I opened before Christmas again. But we're on lockdown again. But sure, still and all, it's the way I look at it is... At least I'm doing vintage, and the older it gets, the more sought after it. It, it'll, it'll, it doesn't go out of fashion. <laughs> so, that's what I love about you. That's what I love, because you see, you're not uh, held to ransom by trends or fashion or anything like that. No, no, it's great. I have to say, it's really good. If I don't sell something in the winter, I just hold it to next winter, and it doesn't matter to me. That's it. No, no, it's so, grand. So there you are. Here we're talking to a business that's uh, getting along with things despite the lockdown. Now, some of the let's talk about the vintage clothing. Some of yeah. the pieces you have are really, really special. Give us an example of some of uh, uh, the wonderful uh, gowns you have and pieces. Well, I have a fabulous uh, dress which was worn by Jessica Alba, the actress, at the Prada show in Beverly Hills in 2009. I have that in the shop. That's a velvet uh, uh, cocktail dress. And then I have some items by um, by Jessie Norman, who was a famous opera singer. Unfortunately, she died last August. And she, has, she sang for President Obama and she sang for the Queen. And she was really... Really stunning opera singer, but I was very fortunate to be able to have to get the opportunity. I had was able to buy four of her um, pieces that she wore, uh, her personal clothing. So I have those as well. They're amazing pieces, beautifully made, and yes. um, you know. And you you have a connection with the Queen of England, I believe. Oh, 
Well, um, well, I have lots of connections with the Queen of England. One of them would be through uh, 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 some clothing that I have by a designer called Donald Campbell, and he um, was the couturier for uh, Diana. Oh. So I have some lovely pieces by him as well. So, and then there's the, the, the of course, the Hardy Amy's, which they, you know, I suppose the Queen wore that as well. So that, yes. that's about as close as I get to the Queen, I think. Ah, no, I'll tell you, it's close enough. It's closer than many people would <laughs> get, to be honest, <laughs> with you, Carmel, you know. What about over the years when you deal in vintage clothing and that? It, can you see the way the human form has changed? I'm talking about the size of women, especially in that. Can you comment on that? Yeah, it's it's really surprising because in the past, women women now have grown much taller than they used to have, probably just better living and better food and everything. But in the past, their sizes were quite small, especially in them. I noticed in hats, I have a lot of vintage hats and they're all absolutely beautiful. But, you know, to put them, to try them on the average person, they really don't fit because we've all got bigger heads. And then similarly, when it comes down to gloves, if you get a vintage pair of gloves, I think the average person wouldn't be able to pull them on. But they're lovely to look at and they're historical. And um, not everything that I would have in the shop vintage would be something that a person could wear. I mean, 90% of what I have, yes, you can wear, but there's another 10%, which will, they would be just too small and it just wouldn't suit today's form. But I like to have it. I like to have them and it's lovely to look at the the way they're made and the fabrics, the hand stitching, you know, it's a bit of the past. Isn't that interesting? So women are taller today and ladies, it's one of your own has said it, Carmel, you're all big heads nowadays. (laughs) Yeah, you're big headed. The women are more big headed than ever they were. There you go. You heard it on late lunch exclusively today. (laughs) I'm only having it. (laughs) Anyway, I'll I'll be shot for, I'll be shot for saying that to be honest with you. But look at, um, the one thing as well about the pieces you mentioned there and you have many more besides. They'll never be made again. There's that unique aspect, isn't there, to them? No, they'll never be made again. I mean, if you walk into the average boutique now and, you you know, you, you buy a nice dress and you say, I'll have a size 12 and that, or I'll have a 14, and, and you get the dress and the next person can in, they can get a 14 again. So, you know, the chances are that you're, you could well see other people wearing them and there's nothing wrong with that either. But it's just that the vintage... Good vintage has been kept very well over the years. And, mm. you know, really, I, I look, at, look upon them as works of art. Yeah. These are things, these are garments that you'd probably leave to your children. Mm. That's and the they're a one-offs. And, um, you know, when, when, when a garment is made so beautifully, you really do take care of it. More mm. so than if you run into a, you know... A, a, a chain shop today, you know, and you get something and you might throw it out next week. You know, that's the way it is. Those shops that people were queuing. I know those. I know what you're talking about. Those shops that people were queuing outside for hours and they thought they'd never get in. And uh, the stuff. uh, Yes. uh, Yes. We we know what you're talking about. There, You're quite different (laughs) to that. What about what about the whole area of antiquities and jewellery and fine art, antique uh, pieces, you know, like that? There's there's still a, a big demand for that out there today. 
Oh, there is. Oh, there, there is indeed, especially especially antique rings. Antique um, rings, especially for engagement rings and dress rings, have become very popular now. Um, I, I, again, again, because they're they're, you know, you won't see another one like them, and um, bracelets, and and then you move on to to pictures. Again, you're looking at an original oil painting. You know, something that somebody has painted a hundred years ago, and it's a little bit of history. And you do get a good feeling when you own and when you look at something like that. So it's not every every day that one is going to go out and and, and and be in the position to be able to buy something like that. But if you can, even in a small picture, it doesn't have to be the most expensive in the world. It can be a modern picture by a modern artist, but it's done by his hand and his feeling and his his overall enthusiasm. So, you know, looking at a lovely painting is really very, very good for your well-being. Yes. And and sourcing it, you know, you're always on the lookout, I take it. Uh, I take it in the past you were able to go and travel and visit and see and touch and feel. Or is online a big aspect of where you see things and buy? Yes, actually, it is. It's a, it's a huge, huge part of it. Uh, as you say, I um, just couldn't. Nobody can go anywhere now. But I have got... Um, I do attend the large um, fashion auction sales um, that are held in the UK and in France and in Italy. And it's all online and I can choose very well there and pick what I want and I can have them shipped over. So that's mm. that's that's what, it, what I do. And okay, so well. you are working uh, online. Uh, is the shop online or have you gone down that road at all? Oh, yeah, the two shops are online. Chic Marilyn is on one website, and the other one is Sarda Marilyn, and it, um, which is French for sister, Marilyn's sister. It's online. I have a good website in that. And I'm on Facebook as well. Okay, so you are it. Constantly pushing away, really. That's, That's it. That's all we can do at this time, isn't it? I keep uh, motoring on and uh, hopefully the doors will reopen uh, at some stage uh, this year and people will be able to go back and say hello to you and you'll have them in and out of the shops as well. Wish you well. You're interesting, you're unique and you're very special and thank you for joining me on the show. Thank you very much, Jerry. Thank you very much. Take care of yourself. Bye-bye. That's Carmel Crawford there, uh, a woman into her vintage. Yes, vintage stuff. Very popular, as you heard there still. She's some wonderful pieces there from uh, classic designers. And uh, when you hear about Diana and the Queen and uh, those stars as well, of course, there's always a market for people looking to buy uh, once-off items like that. Late lunch, LMFM Radio, heading to a short break. Back in a moment. Stay with us on the show. Yeah, the script on late lunch this Wednesday afternoon if you ever come back don't go away anywhere stay with us here on late lunch on LMFM radio always now just reminding you that you can listen to live commentary of all next Saturday's Premier League matches on the LMFM app or by clicking on the listen tab on the LMFM website the action starts with a big Midlands derby between Wolves and struggling West Bromwich Albion and the coverage is brought to you by Now TV, home of the Now TV Sports Extra Pass. So big premiership 
weekend coming up. And of course, I did mention that game between Liverpool and United. That'll be the pick of the lot, certainly this weekend. Got a lovely card from Michael McDonald in Terenure in Dublin. Great listener to the show. And the card's beautiful. I'll tell you why. Two hairs on the front of the card, the way they're looking at each other and the church and the snowy scene in the background. It's lovely. Thank you, Michael. I'll put it with our collection of cards on uh, the late lunch display board. Much appreciated and keep listening. Folks, tell you a little story. My home insurance is up for renewal uh, at the moment next week, I think, sometime. And of course, I'm, I'm with Aviva and I got the, the details out from, from them. Um, I actually got it before Christmas, only went back to it last evening. The reason I'm telling you is uh, I was, it's funny the way advertising works. I was watching television last night and an ad came on for AXA insurance and says, we are the best. Contact us. We can give you the best quote for your insurance. So right enough, sure, the old phone sitting beside me on me lap and I went into AXA on the phone and went through, put in all my details, same details, same information that Aviva have as well. And I hit click and I got the quote through. And of course, this morning, first thing, they're sharp. They see you do it online, had the phone call from AXA. Anyway, the AXA quote, folks, for my home insurance, no change from last year, same amount to rebuild the house, contents, etc. Quote from uh, AXA, €422, €422. My quote from Aviva, 230. So when the lady rang me this morning, she says, are we um, are we far apart? I said, you're not even in the same county when it comes to the quote. 422 against 230. 230 is a decent quote, isn't it, for home insurance? Anybody out there renewing at the moment or like to recommend somebody else? I might see what they're charging just to do a comparison. Have you renewed your home insurance lately? Let me know. Uh, maybe another company I should try. 422 against 230. I'll be staying with Aviva, that's for sure, on that one. I don't think anyone will beat 230. Anyway, if you can help me or you've had a quote lately or have, uh, have, have a story of a uh, an outlandish quote, because that is outlandish, isn't it? 422 is against 230. Let me know. Love to hear from you. 086-1800-658 is the WhatsApp or text number. Get in touch. 1850-715-958 if you'd like to call in. Still to come on Late Lunch. Bowie, my artist of the week. I have another song from him and we'll be meeting another of our frontliners. Yes, on the front line in the battle with COVID. After news, weather and sport at three. Jerry, a little advice, uh, please, says Donald this afternoon. Uh, I'm due to attend a dentist in Newry next week, but with the COVID-19 restrictions, will I be able to travel? So I take it, Donald, you're in uh, the Republic of Ireland and you want to head into the north next week. Uh, I can't answer that to you. It is for a treatment, but I'd be reluctant personally, to be honest with you, unless it's an emergency uh, to go. That'd be just my gut feeling, but I'll find out for you. We'll make an inquiry on that uh, dentist in Newry to go or stay. Oh, they're still at it. Will you give up? Jerry? can you tell that Liverpool supporter that United were actually top in 2017? I don't know where they're going with 2013. Thank you very much. Ha ha ha, says a listener today. Thank you indeed. Uh, the insurance, I mentioned my home insurance. Uh, got a quote from AXA 422. Uh, my existing insurer, Aviva, €230. Euro. Um, Jerry, if I were you, I'd stick with Aviva, says a listener, uh, because you're getting a great price. And uh, I haven't had a great experience dealing with the others. Uh, another one says that uh, I go through a broker in Dundalk, says Jane, every year, Greens. Uh, they're in Thomas Street there, and they do a great job for me to get the best quote. Thank you for that. Uh, Jerry, I paid €190 Euro to insure my house. Oh, who was that with? 
Oh, God, 190 euro. That's a good one uh, there as well. Uh, so keep the comment to me. If you have any advice on the home insurance front, I'd appreciate it. And I'll do a little more fishing round. But it looks like Aviva's in the box seat at the moment. Now, my featured artist of the week this week is none other than David Bowie. Born in January, died in January, celebrated his birthday just a few days ago. And I'm moving up the years. I was playing some of his early stuff Monday, Tuesday. But today we come up and wait till I tell you this. Here's an irony for you. I had a look. Uh, I was thinking about Bowie and I know I have a couple of his albums, but didn't I find this single in a box in the attic this morning? Honest to God, I have this single in the original little cover as well. It comes from the album Scary Monsters and Super Creeps and it was Bowie's second number one in the UK. I'm talking about the year 1980 and the song. Well, you know it well, don't you? Here it is for you and I love it. I still love it to this day. Yes, you know what's coming, don't you? You do indeed, yeah. Bowie, going back in time to Major Tom. He spoke about this song and Major Tom from the 60s featured in his thoughts as he wrote Ashes, two ashes on your late lunch this Wednesday. Ashes, two ashes, bump to funky. Who knows, Major Tom's a junkie. I have the single. It's in perfect condition. In the wrapper as well. In the attic. Made me day when I found it, to be honest with you. Considering Bowie's my featured artist of the week this week on Late Lunch. Watching television last night, I'll tell you, I really enjoyed. Uh, I love watching cookery programmes. I do. I like Jamie. I like Jamie's good. Rick Stein's great as well. Um, I've... uh, I watched that show last night. Gordon Gino and Fred's road trip. Gordon Ramsay, Gino De Campo, and Fred Syriax. Uh, they went to Italy with Gino. They're going to each other's countries. I think it's Scotland next week, and then France the week after. But it was so funny. It was it was quite different. Uh, being a show about uh, presented by famous chefs and about cooking and uh, in Gino's home country of Italy started in Sorrento of course a place in the world I know well and love but a uh, very enjoyable show I have to say I'll be tuned in for the next two episodes I think it's, it's been on before but the uh, first time I've actually ever seen it was last evening well done to Kathleen Kathleen chewed with us top of the show for telling her story and being so grateful for what life brought her way that comes in from Jean this afternoon thank you another one there what a lovely woman Kathleen is Jerry. so delighted she found her man but Sad at the same time, she never met her and just missed out. That comes in from Sheila to late lunch this afternoon. Thank you indeed for all of your comments. Now, the fight goes on and the numbers are big. And uh, yesterday was frightening. It wasn't really the number of people who died. The deaths, 46 announced yesterday. And they say those numbers will continue high for the foreseeable future. And there are so many people on the front line doing their very best for you, me and everybody else. And after the final break of the day on Late Lunch, we're going to meet another frontliner. I see our good friend Suzanne Lynch, Washington correspondent with the Irish Times, just tweeting that Jim Jordan, an ally of Trump, he got the Medal of Freedom from the president in recent days, still insisting that there was election fraud in Pennsylvania. And really, uh, Suzanne just saying that it's a reminder that there are many Republican members who won't break ranks with the president. You'd probably heard that uh, some of the senior ones, Mitch McConnell, Liz Cheney and others, are going to uh, vote to have Trump 
impeached when it comes before the House. It's going through the representatives at the moment. Will it go to the Senate? A lot of timing issues involved here. Anyway, he's out of office. He's gone. He's gone. This day week, uh, Joe Biden will be inaugurated as the next president of the United States and a big, big security operation uh, going on in uh, Washington. Uh, Since the riots last week, there's lots of uh, barriers being uh, erected and uh, forces are being ramped up uh, from the army through to the National Guard to the police as well. It's um, all shaping up to be a really secure next week for the inauguration of the new president and vice president. That's uh, Joe Biden and Kamala Harris, both of them, uh, to be inaugurated in the States next week. Now, our frontliner, have we our frontliner with us uh, on the line? Moya Green is uh, there, I believe. Yes. Hello, Moya. Hello, Jerry. How are you? Good to talk to you. You better tell them you see you're a Navin girl. What's your give them your your seed and breed? <laughs> I grew up in Navin, that's correct, and moved from Navin about six years ago to um to So you're in Leitrim now at the moment. What was your what was your, your name before you took the green name on board? <laughs> it was Gallagher. Gallagher. So she's known. Listen, Maya Gallagher from Navin, that just pinpoints you for our listeners this afternoon. Thank you so much for taking our call on the show today because you are another of these frontliners and we're doing a little series with people who are on the front line. You're a general practice nurse. What, what's, practically speaking, what's it like for you there since, uh, since COVID began, but especially with this latest crisis? Well, since COVID began, um, nothing has really changed. Um, we're still continuing to work, still continuing to see patients on a daily basis, even during this lockdown and the last lockdown, um, albeit it's at a reduced capacity. We're triaging our patients and still seeing those that are high risk, um, still maintaining that um, antenatal vaccine, that baby vaccines are done. Um, anybody that that we feel needs to be seen is seen. Um, and once the the level five restrictions were lifted way back in June, we were back to full capacity, seeing thirty thirty up to thirty reporting today. Mm. And then when the flu vaccine came in in September, um, the afternoon clinics were again up to forty forty vaccines in an afternoon on a daily basis. So it has been pretty full on. Now, the thing is, the precautions that you have to take are obviously uh, more important now than ever and protecting yourselves and people coming to visit you. It's good to hear that, uh, you know, the uh, ordinary daily stuff that has always been going on is going on. Now, I've talked to other people where maybe in other practices, it's not to the same degree as you're saying to me. What is to the same degree? Like, I mean... A lot of a lot of the um, all right. There's a lot of phone calls. Um, yeah. If people ring in with um, a general complaint, certainly um, they get a phone call back from the GP, and the GP triages whether that patient actually needs to be seen, and if they do need to be seen, brought on site and seen face to face. Okay. Um, if they feel they can deal with the over the phone, they will um, send on scripts or refer them up if they need to be referred, et cetera, et cetera. I'd say that's the succinct difference that people are finding quite different, that normally they would have got an appointment and gone to see the GP, but that yes. now is certainly being tri- triaged, as you say, and yes. filtered before. If it is necessary, though, you're assuring people they will be seen. Oh, absolutely, yes. There's no doubt about that. Now, oh, no what about no. you... 
What about your, your yourselves as frontline? Because you are on the front line meeting people. And of course, you're meeting people who are coming from different families and homes and areas as well. What does it mean for you? Are you wearing protective gear now all the time, the mask, etc., washing the hand, washing, distancing, all that type of stuff? Yes, I'm um, I'm in a, an apron, gloves and mask for my come in in the morning till I go home in the evening. Um, patients um, have to ring into the surgery to let us know they're outside. They're screened at the door. They're asked if they have any symptoms, have they any recent travel, um, have they been in contact, have they been referred for testing or have tested positive before they're admitted into the surgery. Um, we try and keep the appointments to a minimum of 15 minutes. Um, in the face-to-face situation and following the patient leaving the premises, everything is sanitised, everything is before the next patient is let in. Okay, so that is a, a new regime for you, wearing the gear, having to do the sanitisation, but that is happening. So uh, there is extra onus on everybody there. Now, what's the story with the vaccine? Because you are frontline, GPs are frontline. I believe you might have a bit of a news update because you were told uh, you weren't going to get it for a, quite a number of weeks. But that date's been brought forward? Yes, we um, we got word this morning. And um, so basically the GPs were our... our are first and foremost, um, they're going to be included in the rollout of the nursing home vaccinations. And the next in line is are the the general practice nurses, um, but they're going to be um, vaccinated in one of three designated sites nationally, and that should kick in around the twenty fifth of January. Yeah, that's good. It's still, a, it's still a bit away, mm. um, and I suppose it's one of the things that. A lot of my colleagues are, I suppose, frustrated about because we are seeing so many, you know, we have seen so many patients and are still seeing patients. And it's a very short time frame for us then. Like if we're going to roll the vaccine to the general public, it's a very short time frame for us to set up um, and get organised for flu flu clinics, for consent forms and all of that. So, and mm. there's no guarantee it will happen on the 25th of January. Vaccines, stocks, etc. So, yeah, but that's the plan anyway. That's the plan. So we're at the 13th today. It's about 12 days away. And then, of course, you'll have to get the second jab as well. Here's the other thing. Are you talking among yourselves just quickly about, you know, if the uh, Oxford AstraZeneca uh, vaccine is approved, there's talk that it will be rolled out via pharmacies, GPs, etc. Have you been talking or thinking about that yourselves? Yeah, like we're we're all just waiting on everybody's waiting on word as to what's going to happen. We have patients ringing in asking can be be put on waiting list. Um, everybody is anxious to be vaccinated. Um, so like, we have no definitive direction as yet as to what's happening in that in that respect. Um, but it would be the hope that we would be one of the one of the teams um, vaccinating the general public. Yeah. Okay, great. Well, look, I wish you well. And uh, again, thanks to everybody in the GP practices, uh, frontline facing staff, the GPs themselves, administration staff, and of course, practice nurses like yourself. You're doing a great job. Keep safe. Keep well. Nice to talk to you, Moya. And you too, Jerry. And thank you for the opportunity. Not at all. Take care of yourself. Bye-bye. That's uh, Moya Green, Moya Gallagher from Navin in County Mead, working as a general practice nurse. Finishing our late lunch this Wednesday afternoon on tomorrow's show. Yes, we will be meeting the man 
who hasn't left his home. Listen to this. He hasn't left his home since March because of COVID. Shane Dunphy, the wonderful Shane Dunphy, is with us tomorrow. His books have been published in audio form and more besides to talk to Shane about. And Susan O'Donoghue will be with us. We're talking Wildlife Matters and it's the Barn Owl tomorrow on Late Lunch. Eddie Caffrey's coming next with The Drive. Have a nice evening. See you tomorrow, 1.30. The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors, Drahada Dundalk and Cavan. Our service departments are open with all HSC and government guidelines in place to keep you and our staff safe. Sales are click and deliver only through our website, blackstonemotors.ie. Stay safe from Blackstone Motors. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.